Welcome to Cast and Wax. My name is Jordan D. White, and I am the host of this podcast. I am very happy to be here. Uh, I am back from very far away from the San Diego Comic-Con, also known as Comic-Con International, where I was uh, last week. That's why we didn't have a show. Uh, I do work, as you probably know, I work as an assistant editor at Marvel Comics, so that's why I went out there with my father and my brother, check everything out, scope stuff out. Had a blast, just so you know, but I guess we'll probably talk about that a little bit more later. Let me introduce my fellow co-hosts, uh, Mr. Frank Allen right here. Hello, uh, Jordan. It's good to be on the show. Uh, now, I do want to register a quick complaint while we have a second. What's that? Well, I had asked you to take me to Comic-Con, to send me to Comic-Con, perhaps is a better way to say it, so I could cover it for the podcast, uh, and you didn't. So, I don't appreciate it. Well, okay, I can understand that. We're not we're not a comics podcast, so Comic-Con International, I should point out, is, is, has grown beyond comic books. There's a lot of media there. There's things from television shows, from movies, no, I, no, that's true. Right. There's all sorts of different things there, so there's a lot to cover. Yes, but we don't. I mean, I, I understand it, but we don't cover any of those things. We don't. We're not a. We're not a media commentary podcast. We don't talk about the media. We we produce media. We have shows. Well, then that's not, that's another reason you could have sent me. You could have sent me as an emissary of our show, so that I could sign autographs, so that I could you know give out flyers, things like that. Well, I doubt you. I mean, I doubt you would have been signing any autographs. I don't think very many people listen to our show. Well, but you never know. Well, that's... No, I guess you don't know for sure. I mean, the only real gauge we have of how many people listen is the letters we get, and sometimes we don't get any letters at all, so that's sort of a bummer. Well, look, that's not what I'm trying to talk about. I'm saying you had an opportunity to send me to Comic-Con. You didn't. It's expensive. Frank, we don't have money. We don't make money on this podcast. It's an expensive thing to do. Send someone to Comic-Con. You know, I don't see why you think I would do that. Well, I'm just saying. Well, I'm sorry. Moving on, we do have Mr. Roy Sinjin right here. Hello, yes, uh, thank you for having me on the show. I, too, was at Comic-Con last week. What? No, you, you weren't at Comic-Con. Oh, yeah, um, yes, I was, actually. You went to San Diego? Yes. Why, how, you didn't, why didn't you tell me? I was there. You were there? Oh, yes, I was there. I was there the whole time. Or four days. Well, I was only there three days. How did you get, how did you get there? I, I flew. No, but why? Oh, I, well, I had some friends there. I had some clients there, actually. So, I, there was some, uh, some, I, I, again, I can't say names. Because that that would give away my clientele. But you know, as, as Frank said, there were television shows, there were movies. So I did have a few clients who were there, um, and so I wanted to stop out and see them, give them uh, extra historical readings before they would make their appearances to to talk about how it would go and how it could go in other worlds. No, Rory, but if you were out there and I was out, why didn't you let me know? We could have like gotten together. Uh, you know, I was I was I was I was quite busy actually, so it probably wouldn't have worked out. Well, did you promote the show? Oh, uh, well, not the podcast. No, I was. I was I was actually rather busy, as I said, uh, promoting extra history and doing extra history, uh, as as you sometimes will do if you're me. And so it was it was quite difficult to to talk about the podcast, as it was. I know I know I don't think I mentioned the podcast to anyone. People would say, "What are you doing?" And I would say, "Oh, you know, extra history. Would you like a reading?" And then they would pay me money, and I would give them a reading. It was it, it, there was there was not really a lot of room to advertise the podcast in there. Wow. Well, I mean, I I guess I, I wish you had said something. I mean, I. I Actually, I guess, you know, it, I, I, well, I'm, I was going to say I'm surprised I didn't run into you on the floor, but there were so many people there. I, you could easily walk around that floor and not run into someone, you know. Oh, well, also, I wasn't, I wasn't on the convention floor. I was in the hospitality suites the whole time. What? But, 
Didn't you want to see the convention? Oh, no, not, not particularly. I, I was there, like I said, I was there to see my clientele, have discussions with them. And again, being in the hospitality suites meant that I was able to partake of, you know, drinks, food, things like that. So there's really no reason to go down amongst the, you know, the rabble, so to speak. You had access to the hospitality. You could have invited us up. Well, I mean, yeah. Would I have had permission to? Yes, I suppose I could have. But, you know, then, I, like I said, I was busy. I did not have time to, to entertain uh, uh, guests in the hospitality suite. I was busy making business deals, talking to people. Well, we wouldn't have gotten in your way, but it would have been nice to have somewhere to rest and relax. No, I mean, look, yes, again, I, yes, I understand what you're saying. But, you know, I, I, was, doing, I was doing business there. You know, it's not a place to run into my friends and, and say, hey, you know, I've just got some people who'd like to sit around. You know, it's not, not really appropriate. <laughs> Okay, well, there you are. I guess that's that. All right, well, I guess let's get to the first segment of the show, which... Um, oh, Dad! Yes, what? Yes, escaping what? Are you forgetting something? What? The fir- no, I, I mean, I wasn't going to jump to the first show show. I was going to do the X-Ray Street Now, which is the first segment we did. No, that's not right. Dad, you didn't introduce me! Oh, God, did I? I, re- I didn't, really? No, I've just been sitting here, waiting! Do you think I, do you think I would have talked more if you had introduced me? I'm sorry, I'm sorry. This is my cat, Scape. He is a cat, as I just said, and he's gray, and he's, you know... I can't. Friends, okay, friends. Everybody, I didn't get to go to comic book convention, okay? I was staying home. Uh, guess what? By myself with Boo Bear. Yuck. So, it was rain and uh, it sucks. So, I think here's my official Comic Con report Comic Con sucks because it means cats are, are young. Period. Well, Scape, I'm so, I, it's, like I said, it's related to my job. I mean, I didn't, I, they didn't send me out there. I went out on my own, but it's, like I said, it's related to my job. I was seeing people I work with. It's, you know, kind of a, I mean, sort of, oh, wow, I, now I sound like Rory. Well, I was working. But, I mean, yes, it was, you know, in, in a large part for fun. You know, I like comic books, so I went to the comic convention. But you just have to deal with that, Scape. I mean, I'm sorry. That, does, that means, yes, there's going to be times when I go to a comic con and you're here still. Well, you could bring me to the comic con convention. No, I can't. They don't let you bring cats in. Although I did see a few girls dressed like cats. Well, that's because they're girls. They're not cats. I'm a cat! Yes, that's my point. You're, you're a cat. You're not a person, so they wouldn't let you in. Look, Scape, you can't come to the comic convention, but you are going to get to go to a wedding soon, so isn't that exciting? I don't know. What's a wedding? Wedding is when people get married. There's going to be... They're going to have fish, so... Okay! I want it! I know. That's what we're going to do. Okay. What? That sounds good. Is it today? No, it's in like two weeks. In two weeks, uh, Rory's, um, Rory Sinjin's mother is getting married. Yes, to Mr. Thomas Alva Edison. It's going to be very exciting. I'm looking very much forward to it. And he's and he's flying us all out to England, so, so we will be there for that. I don't know how we're going to do the podcast that week, but we'll figure something out. Okay, let's get right to the first segment of the show. Um, the first segment of the show is recently Extra History Now, which is a little extra historical segment from Mr. Roy Sinjin. It's time for Extra History Now, yeah. Extra History Now, yeah. What's going on in Extra History right now? Yeah. Uh, thank you for that. Um, I suppose, again, uh, I, I, I would have to regrettingly tell everyone that no one has sent in their problems. I, I don't understand it because extra history is, at this point, a booming business. So I would think that someone would send in their problems for a free reading, since readings, uh, seriously, they're not free normally. They cost quite a bit. And so this is me giving an opportunity for a free reading. All you have to do is send me in a problem of yours at castandwax at gmail.com, and I will do this, but no one has done so. So, uh, again, here we are uh, with me 
faced with the trouble that no one wrote into us. So I will have to do again an extra historical reading for one of the the three of you. Now I've already done one for Scape and for for Frank. So Jordan, do you have any troubles that you'd like to discuss? Uh well, I do have one. Okay, what's that? Well, I have a friend who uh, went to Comic Con and didn't tell me. So I feel like he's trying to avoid me and is embarrassed by me maybe because he spent all his time apparently up in like hospitality booths hobnobbing with celebrities getting top treatment and I was down on the floor with what what he might call the rabble. All right. No, I see why I see where you're going with this. Yes. Uh, well, again, I'm not sure who this friend is, and it's good to keep things anonymous. Oh, of course it is. No, it is. But uh, but I do understand that that sort of thing might hurt. You know. So let me let me help you with this problem. But really, the fact is that there's another universe. All right. Where the friend invited you up to the hospitality suites with him, and Robert Downey Jr. shot you in the face. What? Robert Downey Jr., the star of Iron Man. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a Marvel feature, I understand. But uh, he saw you. He saw your mustache. I don't know if you listeners know, but Jordan has a mustache. Well, what's wrong with my mustache? I, I don't find anything wrong with it at all. But in this universe, Robert Downey Jr. saw it. And there was something about it. Reminded him of an, an ancient trauma from his childhood. And he pulled out a pistol that he had somehow smuggled into Comic-Con through the incredibly difficult to get through security, screenings, strip searches. But he found it. But he found a way. Pulled it out. Shot you directly, point blank, in the face killing you instantly and making you die well i don't i i robert downey jr would have killed me in that universe he did kill you it's not a matter of he would have it's a matter of there is a world where he did kill you you are in that world dead because of robert downey jr and the worst part is he didn't even go to jail for it what? Why, how did he get away with it well unfortunately uh, everyone in the hospitality suite was so interested in you know being near celebrities and things like that that they all said well we'll, we'll all keep this quiet as long as you know you invite us to parties and things like that and he said no sure no problem and so he did in that world shoot you in the face you died and it was deemed a suicide in fact that you had planted a small bomb in your face which you had uh, detonated upon arriving at the hospitality suite oh my god that's terrible no it is I, it really is it's, it's an outrage of justice it's a, a disrespectful thing and yes it, it's very unfortunate I'm, I, I am really lucky that I didn't go up to the hospitality suites now Man, I gotta call up that friend and thank you. Yes, no, I really think you should. That your friend that you're referring to, whoever that may be, uh, is someone that really you owe a debt of gratitude to. All right, well, let me hold, here. Hold on, let me grab my cell phone. I got a new cell phone. <laughs> well, I, I doubt you need a cell phone. No, no, but I mean it's better that way because that way it's a little, you know, better. Uh, it's very strange to be calling though. Hello. Oh, hey, Joe. Thank you. I, seriously, I just wanted to let you know. Joe, I. I think I owe you a thanks, so... Well, I, I think you may have saved my life by not inviting me to the hospitality suites. And I know I was upset, but I just wanted to let you know. Like, seriously, that... I think you saved my life, and... If there's anything I can do... For you, I... I... You just name it, because that was a really close call. And I... I owe you, okay? So... What? Oh, all right. You're... No, I can do that. Is it expensive? Wow. Okay. Uh, no, I mean, you're right. My life is, yeah, my life is worth more than that. So, okay, your car. So I'll pick up your car then tomorrow. What's the name of the detail place? Can you, can you email it to me? I'll, 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 okay, I'll, I'll take it in tomorrow. It's not a problem. All right, thank you. All right, bye. Wow, who's that? Oh, just a, a friend, but I, I'm going to have his car uh, repainted. 
got a little ding in it. I mean, it wasn't me. I wasn't driving it. He he drove it, but um, he he wants it repainted and uh, you know detailed. So, but and it's the least I could do. I mean, my life, right? So, well, yes, I suppose so. Jordan, did you just did you just buy into that bit of extra history? Because that was that was bull. I don't know if you realize, but he's where he's making this stuff up. No, but what if I had seriously, Frank? What if I had died? Imagine if I was dead, then there'd be no podcast. So that's look. This is. I don't think you need to argue with me about this. <sighs> I think you're ridiculous. Well, I think that I'm not. But let's uh, let's finish up the show, the segment, Scapey. Extra history now. Extra history now. Well, that was a sobering episode. Um, let me uh, let's get right to the, our shows because we do have a, a couple of shows to show uh, to to listen to, you know, to review. I don't whatever you want to call it. The point is, this is an episode of a show called Like Daughter. It's episode six of Like Daughter. Uh, Pandora is having a really terrible time of things. Uh, she thought she got away from this whole conspiracy stuff when her mother died, but she didn't. She thought she was able to just settle into a relationship with her boyfriend Bobby. She wasn't. She isn't. Her best friend hates her, Tabby. It, it's just a big mess for her, and she still is trying to figure out what is Cask and what are they all about. Well, who knows? Let's see if she finds any help this time. Episode 6, Killing Time, by Lynn Nelson. Pandora Darling and Bobby Kurtzman stood frozen in their spots in the entryway of Pandora's house. Pandora, having discovered tapes that her mother left behind, and having met a friend of Hope's at the Carousel Academy School of Karate, was starting to put things together. To Bobby's delight, she had agreed to take up her mother's cause, fighting whatever conspiracy there was to be fought, the conspiracy that had taken her mother's life. The problem was that there were so many casks to be dealt with that Pandy and Bobby didn't know where to begin. And now Tabitha Wentworth, Pandy's former best friend, was establishing an organization that may or may not have CASK as its acronym. Just as Pandy and Bobby were listing the various cask people that might be connected, Jason Brandt, Greasy Ralph from the Dojo, Caleb from Caleb and Special K, and now possibly Tabitha, Pandy's doorbell rang, and she and Bobby braced themselves for the socially knowledgeable team that waited on the other side of the door. (laughs) 
Bobby, you get the door. I'll be right there. What are you doing? Making sure my best friend doesn't have the chance to do something stupid. Okay, remember the part about Dahmer crazy that we were just talking about? But it was too late. Pandora had disappeared into the hallway, and Bobby was left alone in the entryway to decide whether or not to open the door. He took a deep breath and answered the bell. Huh? What are you doing here? I could ask you the same thing. I don't think Pandy wants to see you. Coming! In fact, I know she doesn't want to see you. Um, you should leave. Don't chase her away, Bobby. I need to talk to George? Pandora? Is this... A bad time? Uh, no, oh no, of course not. I was just uh, building something in the basement. And you brought your tools up to answer the door? Yeah. Is that a hacksaw? Uh, yeah, it's thick wood. So, what are you doing here? Well, I felt terrible about the way things were left at homecoming. You at- did? Of course. People of our stature shouldn't be fighting. And besides, I have an invitation for you. So I thought I would come over and give you a chance to make up for your uncouth behavior at the dance. Excuse you? Why don't you just back off, buddy? I'm sorry. Are you still here? Pandora and I are trying to have an adult conversation. Don't you have some toys you can go play with somewhere? What is your Listen, George... Patty, Pandy and I are dating, you hear? She's my girlfriend, and she won't have you disrespecting... I mean, I won't have you disrespecting her. And whatever your invitation is, she's not interested. She doesn't want to be seen in public with you. Ever. (laughs) Well, I doubt that's the case, but why don't you let Pandora speak for herself, eh? After all, she is a liberated woman. Pandora, my father is modeling in a benefit exhibition this evening over at the events center. The benefit is being sponsored by the agency to save the koalas. Did you know the koala is actually endangered? I know how you women go gaga over cute little furry animals and over, well, me. So I thought you'd like to accompany me to the soiree. She'd like no such- Of course I'll go, George. What? I knew you would. No one can resist the Batista charm. Penny, what are you- Ever since the agency to save the koalas opened a chapter in Carousel, you know, the Carousel Agency to save the koalas, I've been dying to go to one of their benefits. Thank you so very much for the invitation, George. Oh! I mean, oh. Wonderful. I'll pick you up at seven. Wear something sophisticated. I think I can rummage something up. Perfect. Ta for now, potato. Bobby closed the door and turned to Pandy, who looked on the edge of a nervous breakdown. (gasps) Wait... What did he just call me? Maybe it's not what it seems. Maybe it's just a common nickname for... For... No, you're right, Pandy. That was really weird. What am I going to do? You're going to go to the gala with George and be extremely careful. He's clearly in deeper than we thought. And I'm going with you. That evening at seven sharp, a white stretch limo pulled up outside Pandora's house. Pandora walked down her front steps in a maroon ball gown of her mother's with a bustle at the back, which housed a battery pack. A wire ran up her back and over her shoulder to a floral brooch that doubled as a microphone. She sported very tiny earbuds that were linked to Bobby's microphone. 
sophisticated enough for you? You look ravishing, Pandora. Your chariot awaits. Your chariot awaits. Bobby was driving his car to the event center in a just-too-large suit the kids had found behind a secret panel of Hope's closet. His right cufflink housed a microphone, which ran to a small battery pack in his breast pocket. His left cufflink served as a low-radius listening device. He also had earbuds that picked up Pandora's microphone activity. He was already sick of hearing George and Pandy on their pseudo-date. The pseudo-couple entered the event center to familiar music. Wow, George, is that Caleb and Special K? It would be great to have backstage passes to meet them. Oh, they aren't seeing anyone. They, uh, just switched bassists, and it's been a little traumatic for them. But it's not like you need passes anyway. The backstage area is open. Come, let's get some punch and take a seat near the runway. My father will be opening the show. George and Pandy sat in the front row on the side of the runway as Caleb and Special K finished their last set. Bobby took the appropriate cue from the conversation he overheard and snuck around backstage, just in time to see the director of the agency to save the koalas conversing with the band. Thank you boys so much for playing our event. I know that you've come on hard times recently. Here's a check for your services. I think you'll find it more than adequate. And for your heartache, I will do you the favor of letting you know that Codename Potato is in attendance with Agent Baby Thong. They are in the front row together. Thank you. We do appreciate it. We've all suffered losses at her and her mother's hands. It's time they were stopped. Now that she is being escorted by Agent Baby Thong, he will be able to help us close the deal once and for all. His reports indicate that she is helpless to his charms and will end up going out if not going home with him at the end of the evening. Then what a coincidence it will be when the band happens to be out celebrating this wonderful gig at the same time that they're out. And when major members of the agency just happen to stumble upon the action? Coincidences are great things, aren't they? We just ask that you leave codename Potato alive. Torture her as you will, but there are others who should have the privilege of exacting the ultimate revenge. Message received loud and clear. Before Bobby knew what he was doing, he flew feet first into the director's back, knocking her forward into Caleb, who fell backwards, impaled on the blunt rod of his high hat. The wood of the electric guitar between them cracked and the strings whined as they snapped. Seeing blood bubbling out of Caleb's mouth, Bobby jumped up quickly and landed with his elbow hard on the director's back, pushing them both down further on the rod. As the announcer introduced the first model on stage... Ladies and gentlemen, world-renowned underwear model Francesco Batista, sporting a brand new olive green and purple striped thong design... The bassist and drummer lunged at Bobby. The young boy reached up to the ribbon of his fedora and pulled out a large blade. He jumped a little and spun midair, slicing both the band members' throats in almost the same instant. 
He landed on his feet, his eyes darting back and forth to see if anyone else was oncoming. Miraculously, no one seemed to have heard, and he ran to a corner of the backstage area, his mouth almost glued to his cufflink. Pindy, Code Redder, whatever, get somewhere where we can talk fast. Excuse me, darling... I need to use the little girl's room. All right. Hurry back, though. My father will be on again soon. Can't wait! Bobby, hold one minute while I make sure the bathroom is clear. Okay, what's going on? You're in serious danger. George is involved in this at a high level. He plans to take you out, and members of Cask are going to ambush you. They're going to kill you, Bandy. Oh my god, where did you hear all this? Caleb and Special K were talking to someone from the Koala Agency. They're all dead now, but we need to get you out of here. They're dead? No time to explain. I'm clearing the backstage now. I'll be behind a corner curtain. Stage right. Hurry! Okay, George and I will be there shortly. Over and out. Oh, George, your father is brilliant. I've never seen anyone model a thong quite so expertly. Oh, I know. Listen, Georgie Pooh, I really want to meet Caleb. I know they're changing ranks and stuff, but it's been my life's dream for like the past six months. Please, can we go backstage? Well, since you ask so sweetly, I suppose I can do something. Pandora followed George backstage to find the remnants of a bloody massacre that had taken place. They had been pulled into a corner behind a curtain, and Bobby was pacing back and forth. Hey, what the- Bobby, did you do all this? Uh, yeah. Wow, good job! You two are so incredibly stupid. Do you realize what you've done? Well, it would've been better if Bobby had left someone alive for questioning, but I guess you'll have to do now. I'm not going anywhere. Okay, well, we can either take you with us and guarantee not to hurt you too badly if you cooperate, or we can call the police and have you put away for life. And why exactly would the police want to put me away? Because you leaned on the doorframe of Pandora's house. Is that a crime? No, but since you left your fingerprints on my door and we have technology to superimpose them on other surfaces, the razor Bobby used to kill two band members has your prints on it, not his. I imagine as soon as someone finds this mess, they'll be looking for you. So you can come quietly and tell us what we need to know, or we can find a security officer. All right. Let's not make a scene while we leave. I'll cooperate. We know you will. Let's go, Agent Baby Thong. What? Oh, shut up. George and Pandy made their way to the front door, despite the polite protests of fellow agency officials who did not understand George's signals that something was amiss. Once outside, Pandy guided George through the thankfully populated parking lot around to the deserted side of the building near the loading dock where Bobby had brought his car. Shortly in Pandy's basement... Oh my god! I almost forgot we still had Dr. Feelgood down here. Uh, he's growing on me. He certainly is a good scare tactic. Okay, George, I'm going to tell you this... Once, when I went to the bathroom, I left my compact there. The lipstick from my purse is actually a detonator. The gala will be over in about an hour and a half. You have an hour to tell us everything we want to know, or we will blow up the event center and kill all of your friends and colleagues, not to mention your father. Then we will kill you. And trust me, George, it will not be quick and it will not be painless. When we are done with you, you'll make Dr. Feelgood over here look like he's ready for the runway. You get me? Will George Batista give them the information that they want? Will he be alive after the night is over? 
does Tabitha have anything to do with this? Tune in for next week's episode of Like Daughter, Curious George. In that episode of Like Daughter, the narrator was Charles Berman, Pandora Darling was Guinevere Eckert, Bobby Kurtzman was Jordan D. White, George Batista was Nicholas Roach, the director was Devin White, Caleb was Aaron Freakin' Gold, and the announcer was I, Rory Sinjin. The theme song is by Jordan D. White. Thank you, Rory. And uh, wow, that was interesting. So speaking of things that are interesting, I, I understand we have two episodes of This Day in History, right? Yes, it's something I like to do. When we miss it a week, I like to do two at once. Because, in fact, you might not have realized originally, but both of these days in history took place on the exact same world. And there are hidden connections that you don't even know about. Well, let's learn about them. That sounds exciting. I don't know what happened on those two days. Oh, very important things. Very, very important things. Let's listen. Hello and welcome to This Day in History on WHRW Binghamton. My name is Rory Sinjin. On July 27, 1943, Joseph Stalin, premier and dictator of the Soviet Union, issues Order Number 227, what came to be known as the Not One Step Backward Order. The order declared, panic makers and cowards must be liquidated on the spot, not one step backward without orders from higher headquarters. Oh, comrade, I have problem. Tell it to me. I have liquidated all cowards and uh, people in the country with knowledge, but I want college degree. However, all professors and smart people have been liquidated by my plan because there are dissenters. What do I do? Go to college. Learn things. Then you'll know what to do. It's good idea. I enroll in college. Wait, are no professors. I am smartest person here. I am smartest person in country. So <laughs> teach college. I teach college. I be worshipped. I am man of steel. Yosef Bisarianovich Jugashvili Stalin. Boop, boop, boop. Five years later. Ah, my five-year plan is success. No one left is in country. I am smartest man around. I give myself degree after degree after degree. Smartest man in Russia. Um, Stalin? Si. I mean, yeah, da. You are smartest man, right? Da. Afraid we have to liquidate you now. So. Liquidate me? I am Stalin! I'm liquidating you now. I am melting. I am melting. What a world. What a world. Get the janitor to clean this up. One that did not graduate from college. We should never forget the important lesson that Stalin learned. It's never too late to go back to college. He went back and it did enrich his life, what little there was of it. If only he hadn't made a rule to kill everyone, that might have turned out better for him. This is This Day in History on WHRW Binghamton. Hello and welcome to This Day in History on WHRW Binghamton. My name is Rory Sinjin. On August 3rd, 1492, from the Spanish port of Palos, Italian explorer Christopher Columbus set sail in command of three ships, the Santa Maria, the Pinta, and the Nina, on a journey to find a western sea route to China, India, and the fabled gold and spice islands of Asia. All right, Muttley, let's get the ships ready to go. Aye, aye, Captain. All right. Do we have everything aboard? I think so. You checked the tires, correct? Tires? Yes. This is a land Ship. Christopher, we are losing money fast and faster. You have to leave quickly or we have well, no yes, more money for you. But if we do not check the tire pressure, I will not be able to bring the vessels upon land. Who care about the tire pressure? This is Spain and we are going over the ocean to America. You gotta yes. go quickly or my wife Isabella will no longer give you cash. to America, I wish to drive the boats on the beach. Uh, I could not find any tires, Christopher. Next time I'm getting French backers. Fine, let's go. Aye, aye. Later at America. Poof. Poof. Glug, 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 glug. We must have a blowout. 
Damn it! I knew I should have gotten that spare tire checked. And I shouldn't have listened to my backers. Curse you, Spain! And from that day forward, Spain was cursed. Yes, make sure that if you're going on a long trip, be it over the sea or from one place to another on land, you should check your tire pressure before doing it. You might get a blowout. And then you won't discover America. This is This Day in History on WHRW Binghamton. Wait one moment, what was that? My name's Roy Sinjin, and this is Where Are They Now in History on Cast and Wax. And I think that we have discovered the truth about Spain and Russia. Yes, the truth is that after disappointing the powerful warlock Christopher Columbus, Spain was accursed. So it came up with a clever plan. Perhaps the forces of magic wouldn't know it was Spain if it changed its name. It took a long time and careful planning, but the country of Spain did eventually disguise itself as Stalin. It gave itself away there for a moment, if you heard, saying C instead of down. Unfortunately for Spain, while it did learn the important lesson of checking its tire pressure, which is how it got all the way to Russia with no problems with its tires, once there, it went about all that, you know, infamous Stalin business with killing people. And by the time Spain Stalin realized that it wasn't too late to go back to college, he'd already killed all the intellectuals. Now, after Spain Stalin's death, the country of Russia learned its lesson from that, drove with good tire pressure to the country of England under an assumed name, went back to college, and it became Margaret Thatcher. So don't forget, it's never too late to go back to school, and it's never too late to check your tire pressure on your cars. Well, once they've burst, it's too late, but that's about it. My name is Roy Sinjin, and this is Where Are They Now in History on Cast and Wax. And so, you see, that is, in fact, how it all went down. How does a country disguise itself as a person? That's what I don't understand. Well, if you don't know, I don't think I should explain it to you, because, frankly, it will help you spot hidden countries around you, and I feel bad for them that they are forced to live in hiding. So I didn't want you to be able to identify them, frankly. What? No, that's that's not possible. Look, there's no... I, my point wasn't, I really need you to explain it to me because I want to understand it better. My point was, by asking, can you explain it to me, that no, you can't explain it because it's bullshit. I beg your pardon, it's not, though. It is, in fact, true. And you can illustrate it because, I mean, think about it. Stalin is not a character that I made up. Stalin is real in our world as well. So, therefore, this is something that happened. No, I'm not debating that Stalin's not real. I'm saying that he wasn't actually the country Spain in the skies. I don't see any proof of that. You don't see any proof. The proof is that he that he's a guy and not a landmass or a large number of people. I don't know how you want to define country. Well, I would say a country is more than just its landmass or its people or even both together. There's there's a spirit. There's a, a national pride. Yes, but it can't disguise itself as another per... This is the dumbest thing I've ever argued with you about. Well, I doubt that. You know, we've, we've done a lot of episodes. That's true. So maybe it's not, but it's pretty dumb. Oh, speaking of dumb things to argue about, I believe we have an episode of Tractor Fiction next. Hey, wh- why did you say that? What? Well, it's arguing Jack Chick's philosophy, and that's pretty dumb. No, okay, yeah, okay, that's true. So, you're, no, you're right. That's what I thought. Should we just get right to it? Let's do that. Hello, and welcome to Tractor Fiction here on WHRW Binghamton. My name is Frank Allen. Uh, this is a show in which we uh, look at the works of Jack Chick, uh, which you can read over at chick.com, and uh, we debate their validity. It's a lot of fun to do. Uh, this, is, we're gonna, this week we're going to do uh, one of his most recent tracks. In fact, uh, as of this speaking, it is his most recent track called the chaplain. It has to do with the armed forces and uh, stuff like that. So, let's enjoy the chaplain, shall we? Once upon a time, 
in a war-torn country our nation has illegally invaded, just like the war-torn country our nation has illegally invaded in the era you're listening to this, a troop of soldiers are in a firefight with offensive caricatures of their enemies. Let it rage! Fire! Death to the infidels! They're cutting us to pieces! Where's your god now, preacher boy? Dear Lord, we need your help, please, in Jesus' name. Nothing can save us now. But the non-believing soldier could not have been more wrong. Ten minutes later, a vicious sandstorm kicked up out of nowhere, assailing their enemy while leaving them a-okay. Where did that one come from? I can't see a thing! The sun is blinding me! <coughs> the troops had been saved. From being shot, anyway. Benny, look what God did for us. That wasn't God, Preacher. Just a freak storm. We're lucky, that's all. The two soldiers headed back to their camp and came across the dead body of their friend, Max. So you know, Max was that guy who said, Where's your god now, preacher boy? Oh man, it's Max! They got him in the throat! Menic! Benny took Max's death hard. They packed him into a body bag and put him with the others. When it came time to load up the dead bodies to go home, Benny was dismayed. Max is in one of these bags, but I don't know which one. Is Max in heaven, preacher? No, Benny. He died in his sin, and Jesus will reject him. How come? Is this Jesus guy a big deal up in heaven? Tell me what you know about Jesus, Benny. Uh, he, he was a Jew. Some guy's killed on a cross because he wrote the Bible. Uh, not quite. He's not who you think he is, Benny. Jesus created the universe. Oh, a guy on TV said Jesus was only a man. That's a lie, Benny. Jesus is God Almighty. He knows everything you've ever done. You're, you're scaring me, preacher. On Judgment Day, your life will be played back for all to see on a magical IMAX screen in the sky. But, but there's stuff I don't want anyone to know about. Those are sins, Benny, and they'll put you straight into hell. Does that mean I'm damned? You will be. But there is a way out. Oh, then help me, preacher! Think about the guy you hate the most and all the rotten things he did to you. Oh, Tex Wilson, and I hate his lousy guts. I wish he was dead. Would you die for Wilson? Are you kidding? For five cents, I'd kill the stinking rat. Jesus died for your sins, and for Wilson's, too. But why would Jesus do a thing like that? Because he loves you. As rotten as you are, he really loves you. My mom doesn't even love me. Jesus does, Benny. He's like nobody on earth, because he's God. Look what God did for you. He left his throne in heaven to be born in a stinking stable. He showed people how to stay out of hell, and they hated him for telling the truth. They arrested him, framed him, and sentenced him to death. They beat him to a pulp, cursed him, and nailed him to a cross, and Jesus allowed it to happen. He held back his angels so he could shed his precious blood and die in your place. But three days later, something incredible took place. Jesus rose from the dead. The news rocked Jerusalem. Jesus had finished his mission and had a glorified body. Anyone who believes in him will be saved and have a body like his when they are raised from the dead. And if I don't? You'll die in your sins like Max and end up in the lake of fire. Choose Jesus now, Benny. You could be dead tomorrow and it'll be too late. Uh, look, preacher. I'll... We're under attack! Everybody move! Now! The evildoers began their attack, attempting completely unreasonably to kill the occupying army. They're breaking through our left flank! Grenade! Preacher leapt on the grenade, taking the full explosion and all of the shrapnel directly into his gut. 
Why'd you do it, Preacher? I couldn't let you die, Benny. You're not ready. Ugh. And Preacher died dead. Meanwhile, at the army chaplain's headquarters... What? Why do I have to go into combat? I'm needed here. Can't my assistant go? No, that's an order. You leave tomorrow at 0600. And the next day... Chaplain will be landing in an hour. He'll be flown by chopper to the forward lines. Thank you. Oh, I hate this. And soon... Men, this is Captain Davis, our new chaplain. She's here to help you with any spiritual problems. Whatever your faith is, men, I'm available for prayer or counsel. Chaplain, my best friend fell on a grenade to save us. That was indeed a noble gesture. But it killed her! And she always talked to me about Jesus! She was a great go girl! Never swore or lied! We called her Preacher! Was she ordained? What's that? Did she graduate from a theological seminary? Could she read Greek? Or have a doctorate in divinity? Huh? All I know is she loved Jesus and read her Bible! That doesn't make her a preacher, soldier. I suppose she told you that the Bible was true and that Jesus was the only way into heaven? Well, yes, sir! Well, she was wrong. There are many ways to heaven. Mary, Buddha, Allah. Besides, we are all children of God. <sighs> the preacher said that's a lie! Careful! I'm a woman of God. But your friend was just a wannabe. You're dismissed, soldier! But that night, Benny made good. The preacher died for me! Not that snotty little creep! I believe the preacher. Lord Jesus, please come into my heart and save me. The next day... Hey, hey, chaplain! I got saved! You sick idiot. You didn't listen to me. Now you've become a religious terrorist and a threat to everyone. Stay away from me. Soon, the unit goes on the move. Wanna sit in back with us, chaplain? Hardly. I'm an officer and I don't sit with Bible thumpers. Oh, uh, that's okay. I'm praying for you anyway. Something wrong, chaplain? Yes! I've spent years studying theology and getting my doctorate. I've published papers in leading journals, and I'm not getting the respect! And the entire place exploded. And they all died. Later, their lives are reviewed. Because you believe I died for you. Welcome to heaven. Well done, Benny. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Now, chaplain, you were shamed in my words and acted holy to impress others. Your hidden sins are exposed. Depart from me, ye cursed. Is the everlasting fire. The end. And that's uh, the tract, The Chaplain. Brand new tract uh, by Jack Chick. It's up there on his website if you want to look at it. Okay. Uh, now, as always, we do the debate here on Tractor Fiction, in which we debate uh, the so-called veracity of the tract. Uh, we do have two debaters here with us. Uh, can I speak to debater number one, please? Hello, Mr. Allen. Hi there. Um, would you please introduce yourself? I am charming TV personality and homemaker extraordinaire Martha Stewart. Charming, really. Charming. I'm very charming. That's good. Um, I like to be charmed, I guess. Uh, let's see if you can do it. Uh, and we do have, of course, uh, debater number two as well. I'm Sailor Moon, and I will punish you. I'm sorry, you'll punish me? For what? Evil doing. I haven't actually done any evil. Well, good. So you're not going to punish me? Not yet. That's good. <laughs> That's very good. Um, okay, so uh, we're going to flip our, our coin here, and uh, I'm sure everybody back at home knows that the... Uh, Sailor Moon here believes this tract is 100% true and agrees with Mr. Chick. And uh, Martha Stewart here uh, believes that it's false. Uh, Martha, may I call you Martha or should I call you uh, Ms.? Martha's fine. Martha, okay. Why do you think this tract is false? Tell us about it, please. Well, this tract simply says that the only way to get into heaven is through God. Uh, no, actually, through, through accepting Jesus. Jesus, yeah, Jesus. Right? 
Um, and I beg to differ. I say a clean and beautiful house is also a way to get into heaven. Uh, a clean house gets you into heaven? And the perfect cookie. The perfect cookie gets you into heaven? Yes. Why do you think I slave hours over the stove? And I'm sorry, so your television show is a religious show? Well, I don't like to bill it that way, but I am working to get into heaven. So it's kind of a selfish thing, then, really. You're doing the show not so much for everybody at home watching, but for yourself so that you can uh, make a very, very clean and uh, nice cookie thing and help it get into heaven. I'm sorry. I am a very selfless person, sir. Selfless? I just choose not to overtly preach my beliefs. And what's the religious policy on uh, insider trading? Well, uh, that's kind of a low blow. Uh, but I, I... Look, there are several ways into heaven... Uh, as I have mentioned... And one of and them is a lot of money? No. Oh. But I did use the opportunity that I had after sinning in prison to spread the word of God and to turn other people into wonderful homemakers. Now, do you believe... Let me ask you this. Do you believe that, that because you sin, you go to hell, or do you believe that you were already going to hell? I'm not going to hell. Oh, okay, okay. I mean, before that, like, before you... Well, okay, let's move on to the rebuttal. Rebuttal, please. Uh, Sailor Moon. Miss Moon. Or can I call you Sailor? Full title, please. Sailor Moon. Sailor Moon. Okay. I am Sailor Moon, champion of the moon, and I will punish you. And your rebuttal to Miss Stewart. I found out that my powers of the moon come from Jesus. And I know now, from personal experience, from smiting people, that Jesus is real. Um, let me say, now you are aware, of course, that, uh, according to, uh, the, the, I believe the religious, uh, doctrine of Jack Chick, who you're agreeing with here, uh, your little talking cat friends actually don't have souls. I know. And you're you're okay with that? Oh yes. Okay. Uh, they're okay. Well, that's good, I guess. Uh, do you have any rebuttal they're doing against their part to serve God? That's all they need. But uh, this thing about uh, clean houses and cookies and stuff—what do you think about all that? It has nothing to do with it. You should see my room, and I never wake up properly before ten a.m. And and you're still going to go to heaven, yes. even though you live like a slob. Yes. Interesting. Yes. Interesting. Now, um, let me ask you this: uh, What does the uh, what does uh, your religion say about uh, people who are uh, teenagers, uh, young young teenagers, uh, in relationships with uh, college age men in tuxedos? It says nothing about it as long as there is no sex before marriage. Okay. All right. Well, it uh, sounds like everybody's comfortable with their yes uh, gods. Fortunately, we do have an expert here. Hi, I'm Sam John 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 Johnson. Hello, uh, Mr. John, 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 Johnson. Uh, what I, are you an expert on? I am an expert on HGTV and uh, most forms of media. And okay. I am here to support Martha Stewart in the fact that this tract is completely false due to the one claim that there's an IMAX screen in heaven. Oh, okay. There's not an IMAX screen in heaven? No, no, no. They've upgraded already to HGTV. And if oh. Jack Chick knew this, he would, of course, have written it down. But Now, have you seen both of these ladies' TV shows? Yes, I have. Which one is a better show? I have to say, Sailor Moon. So you agree with... Like, totally! Mr. John, 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 Johnson. You agree with Martha Stewart, but you like Sailor Moon's show better. Yes. I don't know, that kind of is confusing to the read to the so listeners. all the colors, it definitely shows off the quality of HDTV so much better. Oh, so you, you like it better because it shows... Are you, do you sell HDTVs? Uh, on the side, yes. Okay, but I don't think we can trust you then, necessarily, since you, you, you have an interest in it, it sounds like. But the pores in my cookies... The pores? So, so beautiful. You put poor people in your cookies? Not poor people, you I peons. Love cookies. You know, it sounds like you are a fairly a greedy woman. I have another expert here. Did someone say cookies? Yes, we did. I am the cookie monster. 
Um, no, I'm sorry. I, I'm, I don't think I can hear you correctly. Are you saying you're a, a kooky monster? I am as the in, kooky monster. As in a very zany monster? Mr. Kooky. Allen. Mr. You're very Allen. kooky. It's Cookie Monster no, cookie from Sesame Street. Monster. As He's been similar... harassing me on my show. Oh. And the Cookie Monster. A very zany monster. No. No. A monster no, no. who enjoys cookies and destroying my set. You are oh. abnormally unintelligent. Now, uh, Shall I smite him for you? Mr. Monster. Moon prison oh, no. power! Oh, no. Oh, God. I am a puppet. Puppets cannot be smitten. They can't be s- smitten? You were no. pretty smitten with me. <laughs> All right, uh, Mr. Monster. Mr. Monster, let me ask you, uh, who are you here to agree with? Miss uh, Stewart, who says that the uh, tract is false, or Miss Moon, who says that the tract is true and Jesus gives powers? I'm here to agree with Sailor Moon. Sailor Moon, so Jesus is real, and he ge- Now, does Jesus... Because because Martha Stewart never gave me cookies after that. Let me ask you, show. Um, I and understand Jesus that Jesus is against gluttony, and uh, also... Monsters sound kind of like demons. Where in Bible say that? Where in Bible does it say that monsters Where are demons? Where in Bible say that Jesus against gluttony? Oh, uh, oh, I think that's pretty clear. Uh, Ms. Moon, you want to cover that for me? Jesus loved food and parties. Yeah, but, oh, okay. But, fact. but isn't it a sin? Gluttony? Sin? Uh, wedding in Cana. I'm sorry, what? Uh, Mr. Mr. Allen forgetting about wedding in Cana, where oh. Jesus got pasted and gave wine to his friends. Well, these things do happen. Uh, Miss Stewart, uh, how would you have catered that uh, wedding? Uh, with a very, very large cake. A large, no, 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 wine. delicious wine. Wine cookies! Cookies. Jesus did cook cookies, is what you're saying. Yes. All right. Uh, well, why he's so great. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, Mr. Monster. Um, uh, Ms. Moon and Ms. Uh, Stewart. We do have to get uh, your final uh, words on this matter so I can decide this debate. Uh, Ms. Stewart, why don't you uh, let me know what you think of Ms. Moon's argument here? My daughter Alexis bakes the perfect chocolate chip cookie, and she will go into heaven too. Miss Moon has said nothing against me. In fact, her expert just proved my point. Well, no, she said that she is a complete slob, and she's going to heaven, which is pretty much against what you just said. Not necessarily. I said there are many ways to get into heaven, and as long as I keep baking the perfect chocolate chip cookies and everyone keeps eating them, we will all get into heaven. So, I will eat your cookies. So when the public wises up to your show and it gets canceled, you won't be going to heaven, is what you're saying? My show will never be canceled, little man. Didn't you just have a show that was canceled <laughs> earlier this year? <laughs> That's what they want you to think. I well, I do think that. All right, Ms. Moon, well, what's your closing argument, please? It takes more than just a clean house... You have to be at one with Jesus and throw things at people when Th- they're bad. Throw things at people to be good. Yes. I mean, that, you have to throw things at people? Yes. You have to? Yes. Preferably beams of energy. Beams of energy. Um, and, to and you have to grow your hair ridden long and, and wear I, pigtails. I don't understand. Uh, and so Jesus is leading you in some sort of bizarre, pagan, planet-worshipping ceremony? I, why would he do that? It's not like that at all. It's not like that at all? No. Not at all? No! Are you sure? You were watching the old episodes. You haven't seen the new series! Well, that's true. Is it out in America yet? No. Oh, well, that's why. Still Japanese. I don't speak Japanese, and I'm surprised Sorry. that you speak English so well. Jesus taught me! That was impressive of him, if that is, in fact, true. Let me consider... let me do anything! Let me consider this, because I'm... To I be have totally a special pen he gave me, and I talk into it, and I speak English! Miss Moon? Yes? Uh, it's not... it's not true. No, it's true! No. Nope. He told me so. I just decided to debate. Uh, Miss Stewart but, is correct. But I'm sorry. Miss Stewart is correct. I've been 
flaming crosses at people. Apparently, that's okay. It's hitting them in the and head. And that may get you into heaven. I have a little cross tiara. But it's not the only way. It's like a frisbee. Cookies will do it too. Oh. Uh, because uh, yes, cookies. Apparently, uh, cookies, cookies and wine are the new sacrament. So I guess. Wait, I need a cookie tiara. You can have a cookie tiara, yes? Here, darling, have a cookie. It'll make you feel better. Um, and get you into heaven. Alright, well, thank you for listening to Tractor Fiction tonight. Uh, hopefully you all, uh, learned. Food prison power! How to kill monsters Ouch. and, uh, oh make cookies. Uh, because I did. I had some good cookies and I had some evil monsters, and, uh, come back next week. Perhaps there's more of the same. More likely, there's something totally different. I'm Frank Allen. Thanks for listening. That episode of Tractor Fiction featured the voice talents of Frank Allen, Anna Call, Alex Addy, Lynn Nelson, Magdalena Richards, Sam Thomason, Devin White, and Jordan D. White. Thank you very much, Roy. And that also featured Sailor Moon, who uh, I absolutely adore. I, I I was a big Sailor Moon fan in high school. I used to get up early. I mean, it was a syndicated show, uh, so it was on kind of randomly very early in the morning. And I would get up at like 6 in the morning so I could watch it before uh, school. And I absolutely adored it. And when I went to college, they sort of paused in translating and, and putting out the episodes for American audiences. So I sort of fell away from watching it because I'd already seen all the episodes. And uh, eventually, I, I don't want to say I forgot about it, but... But I, I stopped being as into it as all that. Well, a year ago, let's say a year ago, maybe a little bit less, maybe six months ago, all of a sudden I remembered, hey, wait a minute, I love Sailor Moon. That's an amazingly ridiculous and fun show. And so I was able to start watching the episodes again, and they're ridiculous, and they're fun, and they're a blast. And at Comic-Con, one of the main things I did was walk around with my sketchbook and get artists to draw pictures of Sailor Moon. And I bought an original art cell from the cartoon of Sailor Moon. So I'm pretty psyched. Okay, and you're a giant dork. Agreed. No, it's not dorky. It was awesome. Dad, that does not sound awesome. I don't think you know what awesome is like. I know what awesome is like, and Sailor Moon is awesome. Serena is adorable. She has that little cat, Luna, the little gray cat, who is just so funny. I'm a real gray cat, and I'm funny. Yes, but that doesn't mean that Luna is not also funny. Luna is also not funny. Yes, I am the only good, good, good gray cat ever. No other gray cats ever. All the other cats suck but me. Dad, you're not convincing me that Comic-Con is good. You're convincing me even more that Comic-Con suck. Well, it doesn't suck. Well, it does to me, so. <laughs> I got you. You didn't get me, Scape. You didn't get me. I don't think. <sighs> I'm just, I'm so confused. Maybe it does suck. I, maybe I'm wrong. Wow, I don't know. Oh, you're wrong. I mean, you were wrong, and now you're right, because you think it sucks. Yeah, you're right, Dad. Really? Yeah, you're totally right. Comic-Con sucks. Oh, okay, so I, I'm right. Okay, well, then Comic-Con sucks. We're all good, everybody. Uh, we're all good. Speaking of which, time for my show, right? Oh, yeah, it's time for Scapey Stories. Uh, let's get right to it. Scapey Stories. From a cat and a dog. Hello, and welcome to Scapey Stories from a Cat in the Dark. My name is Jordan D. White, and this is the segment of the show in which Scapey will tell a scary story to a guest listener. We actually have a non-Scape's mother guest listener. Obviously, because we could get that any time. Well, right. Sure. But this one uh, actually wrote into us and requested to be on the show. So I would like to introduce Mistress Mayhem. Thank you very much for having me on the show, Jordan. Now you should thank me. I am the one who gets to decide. You're so uppity. Uh, I don't know what that is. Oh, you'll learn. 
I'll teach you. Well, maybe we should get to the story. Yeah, uh, yeah, I got it. It's going to be a real good scary story. I'll tell you, here's how it goes. I'm going to tell it, and you listen, and let me know if you have any questions. You're so forceful. That, no, that's not a question, but I am. Go ahead, Scape. Scare me. I dare you to scare me. Well... Okay, this one is called On the River by Guy de Maupassant. Okay, so like once upon a time, I was renting a boat, uh, cause I, I liked to. And I was like, oh, hey, it's a boat. I'll go on the water and stuff. And because basically, I thought that it was cool to do that. And I met this guy who was like an older guy. And he was like a guy who had done lots of stuff on boats and water stuff. Like, a lot of stuff. Like, he he was, he liked to always be on a boat if he could. And one day we were walking down the river. I mean, like, on the side of the river. And I was like, hey, do you want to tell me some stories about boats? Because that's what he liked to do, talk about boats. I was like, tell me, hey, what, got anything about boats you want to? Tell me. And he was like, yeah. I know. I have so many memories of boats. I'll tell you. Here's a, here's a story about a boat, he said. I thought you said this would be a scary storyscape. I'm not scared yet. No, it is a scary. This is, okay. You don't know, I guess, about stories. This is the beginning of the story where you set it up. Do you know? Set up? How dare you take that tone with me? I understand what a story is, cat. However, the premise that the story is based on is not in the least scary. No, it's like, hey, boats, right? Everybody likes boats. You're not scared of boats, are you? <laughs> no. Oh, but wait. And then something happens that's scary. This had better get good or you'll be very very sorry. I, it's it's good. First of all, it's already good. Second of all, it's gonna get gooder. So, okay. So he's talking about look, he's talking about boats. He's like, oh, boats, they're good. And uh, all you people who live in the streets, you don't understand how it is on the water. It's different. For life of a fisherman is like mysterious and like profound and stuff. And you get to see things that are like, whoa, totally crazy, okay? Yes, I can understand living a Mysterious life. Go on, Scapey. Are you a fisherman? No. And he was like, to the fisherman, the land is like limited, but the ocean is like infinite and awesome. And there, and, and, and poets talk about the sea and they say things like the sea is awesome, basically. That's, I'm paraphrasing. Clearly. So then he got to the actual story that he was telling me. Finally. But, are you impatient? Are you questioning me? Uh, yeah. You are one bad little pussy. Cat. Look, it's my story on my show, and I will tell it. That's right, Scapey, yell at me. Oh, God, I love it when you're firm. Oh, I've missed this since you've been gone. Please go on. I will listen. I will listen with bated breath. Good. All right. So, the guy is like, here's the story. I had a friend who also lived on the water, on the shore, basically, and I went to see him, and I was taking my boat home one night. It was very late at night, actually. And I was rowing my boat, and I was going around, and I was kind of like, oh, it's real pretty out tonight. Maybe I will smoke a pipe. So then, I stopped the boat, and I put down the anchor, and I made sure the anchor was secure, basically. And I was like, okay, I I'm going to smoke a pipe. And I put out a blanket, and I sat down, and I got really comfortable, and it was nice. Uh, and then a frog, like, croaked, and I was not expecting it. So I was like, what the hell? There's a frog. Where did that frog croak come from? It. There must be a frog. But I was not expecting it, so I'm scared. Really, Scapey? 
This is what we're afraid of. I came on this show to be scared, to be tormented. I'm so disappointed in you. No, he was not expecting the frog to croak at that exact minute. And it was dark out. Go on. So he was like, oh my god, man, okay, I better smoke my pipe in order to calm myself down. And so he read his pipe, and he's, the guy is telling me the story. I read my pipe, and then I was like, oh, I used to be like smoking, but I don't feel like it, so I don't like it. And so he put out his pipe. So then he was, then I was like, oh, oh, no, I guess I'll sing a song. And I was like, oh, da, da, da. and then I was like, no, my voice sucks. Forget it. Stupid. Don't be so hard on yourself, Scapey. I'm here for that. No, I'm, it's not, I'm, I'm not saying my voice is bad. My voice is great. That's what this guy was saying. And then he was like, I'll just sit here. And then he was like, I'm bored. And then he was like, I'll, I'll lie down. And then he was like, just lying there, looking up at the sky. And then he, I was like, lying there, just looking at the sky. And he was like, oh, the God, the boat is just moving too much. What the heck? This is really lame. It's going up and down. Or it feels like something is pulling it down into the depths. And then where did it go? And so it goes bobbing too much. I'm annoyed. And that couldn't be, you know... Waves? Well, it, it was probably waves, but he was annoyed by the waves. A fisherman annoyed with waves. I thought the sea was his life. I know that when I'm dedicated to something, when I'm passionate about something, it doesn't annoy me. Well, on second thought. Look, it just... Sometimes it just gets to you, I guess. And so then I sat up and I was like, okay, oh, it's pretty loud again. You know what? I'm obviously in a bad mood, so I'm just going to go, okay? So he pulled at the anchor and his anchor was like, stuck, okay? And he was like, what the? Uh, and again, he's telling me the story. So he's like, I was pulling on the anchor and I wouldn't move. And so then I, I moved the boat and I said, let's try the anchor again. And I pulled on the anchor and it wouldn't move. And I, so I was like, okay, I'm stuck. There's nothing I can do. But it, I guess somebody will come along and save me later. So it won't be too bad. Save you from what exactly? From sitting in the boat forever because it won't move. The boat is stuck. Where are you anchored? In the water of a river. And you couldn't say, you know, swim to shore in a river? I thought you were made of sterner stuff, Scapey. I thought you were stronger than that. Well, listen, I could have, but that's what happens next. He's like, maybe I'll... Because he waits for a boat, and the, the boat doesn't come, and he's like, well, maybe I'll swim. And then he's like, no, I shouldn't, because it's too dangerous. Dangerous? Scapey, I thought you had a taste for danger. That's why I came here. What, was it the Mississippi or something? No, no, it's just that there was a lot of fog, okay? So you could not really see very well anymore, because a fog, yeah, I didn't mention, a fog came out. I was like, I'm going to walk out on this, do the view. And basically, even when I thought about swimming, I was like, oh, should I swim? And as soon as I thought about it, I was like, oh, God, that would be terrible, because I wouldn't be able to see, and it would be bad and oh my god, and I was freaking out because um, because the water also was going really fast, and there was stuff that would hurt me. And look, the point is, look, I just couldn't swim, so I didn't. Anyway, I, then I started to think, you know what? You're being a wuss because you shouldn't be scared of this. This is not that scary. And I was like, well, it is. I couldn't agree with your inner monologue more. You are a sad excuse for a cat. I came here, Scapey, for a reason because you. You were the strong voice on this show. You, you were the only one who could scare me. You were the only one who could torment me the way I needed until they stopped you and then they were tormenting me by stopping you. But none of that matters now. The point is, I'm disappointed in you. I'm not, you're, you're getting, you, okay, 
Listen to me. Earlier in the show, you said that you know about stories. But you don't, because I'm telling a story about me that isn't really me talking to a fisherman, and then a fisherman is telling a story about being a wuss. I am not a wuss. Regardless, Cat, you are failing in your mission to scare me. Well, you didn't get to the, the scariest part yet. Thank goodness. So, uh, I was drinking brandy. Because I had brandy. I was like, okay, calm down, calm down. But to, can I tell you, I wasn't getting calmed down. I was getting more scared. So I was like, okay, no, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to yell for help. Help me, oh my God, oh my God. And I was yelling for a really long time until I couldn't yell anymore. So then I drank more brandy and uh, I was like freaked out some more. And I just was lying on the floor because I was so scared. And I was like, get up, just get up, just get up, baby. It's, it's okay. You can do it. Just get up, and you'll be all right. Get up. And eventually, I I got up, and I looked over the edge, and it was actually really pretty, because all the fog, okay, had moved off to the side, and it was like, oh, that's very pretty. And then uh, I fell asleep. You fell asleep? Well, I suppose you did have a lot of brandy, and I suppose that's the sort of thing that could wear you out, though. I know of much, much better ways to wear you out. Well... Uh, sometimes I could run around the apartment chasing Boo-Bear. What do you do when you catch her? Kick. That's hot. Well, I, I don't know if it is. Do you bite? Do you bite and scratch her when you catch her? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm talking about, Scapey. Give me more. Well, I'm not... I, there's a, I have to finish the story. So, okay, so I fell asleep and I woke up, okay, because that's... But it was later when I woke up. And, uh, I drank some more brandy and, uh, sat around and, uh... Then a guy showed up with a boat, and he was like, oh, what's up? And I was like, I'm stuck, the boat stuck. And he was like, oh, let me help you. And so we both pulled on the anchor, and it, it, it still, it was stuck. It wouldn't move. And so then we were like, what the heck? And then another guy showed up with another boat, okay, number three. And he was like, I'll help too. And then we all pulled on the anchor... Okay, and finally it moved, and it came up slowly, slowly, uh, and when we got it up, do you know what was on it? I always want to know what was on it when you got it up. Uh, it was the corpse of an old lady with a rock tied around her. The end! Was that supposed to be the scary part? She was dead! Okay, so imagine... Somebody dead. People die all the time. On her anchor with a rock. I suppose it would be more scary if there was any sort of suggestion that the person who had done this to her may have been nearby and threatening you to do unthinkable acts upon your person, which, you know, admitted it shouldn't quite go that far, but sometimes you accidentally tie a rock around someone's neck and... <sighs> Let's change the subject. Okay, uh, I know... What to, to talk about, which is the scary moral of the story. Yes, Scapey, enlighten me. Enlighten me with your scary moral. Oh, make the fiber of my being shake and quake with anticipation. Okay. The scary moral is, watch, watch out for dead old ladies with a rock. Because cause they're bad. That's your scary moral? Why would you watch out? What What's scary uh, about this old woman with a rock, shouldn't she be the one who was frightened? I mean, if this tale was told from her perspective, then that might have been scary. Capture the look in her eyes, the moment that life was choked from her body. I'm not afraid of old women, Scapey. 
and something tells me neither are you. If she had a rock, okay? She wasn't threatening you with the rockscape. But the rock made it so I was stuck. It wasn't the old woman who made it so you were stuck? It's a combination. Old woman, old woman deadness wouldn't be very difficult for the anchor to, like, rip. So how big of a rock are you talking here? And how could it be affixed to her? Probably with, like, a rope. I just doubt that there was a rock big enough that could be tied to an old woman to weigh her down enough that it would make the difference to hold down an entire boat. It, I just told you it happened. So, I don't know why you doubt me. Look, you should be scared. You, close your eyes. Yes, sir. Now, imagine you're in a boat. I'm on a boat. And you can't go anywhere. It's stuck. I'm on a boat. Okay. You can't. Now you're stuck. Yes. And? That's it. You are stuck forever now. Oh, so you're saying it'd be like my prison. This boat, this boat would be my prison. Would you be the one holding me captive, Scapey? Well, no, I would, because if I was, then I would be the dead old woman. I don't want to be dead. No, no, of course you wouldn't want to be dead. I mean, there's so much to experience through life. Why? Why would one want to stop? Why would one want to stop whatever torture it is that it's driving you to the end? I'd rather it went on forever. So, you say that it is a scary story. Well, I see when you take that firm voice with me that I have no choice but to submit to your will and be your captive on that boat. I'm not, it's not my, I'm not the old lady. I'm like... Somebody else elsewhere. I don't care who you are or where you are. Keep me on that boat, Scapey. Make me your prisoner. I'm not involved in the boat. I don't know why. I I just, I don't even have a boat. But it was a story about fishermen, okay? So. Well, then I guess that you're, you, you get to remain on the boat. And uh, it's nice of you to be on the show. Thank you, Jordan. It's been your pleasure. I, well, I thought it was about your pleasure, but. It's always about my pleasure. Right. So, Scape, uh, I think that's it for this week. Well, okay. Uh, having successfully scared everybody, that's fine. Come back next week, where there's going to be a story that will make you so scared that you might die. Thank you for that, everybody. And, uh, Scape, uh, I know normally you'd be singing a song right now, but I want you to hold off on that. What? Why? Well, you'll see why. You'll see why. We did get two pieces of mail from the same person. So, listen, uh, we, we want people to write into us. Castinwax at gmail.com. Please, write into us. Talk to us about stuff. We'll read it on the air. It'll be fun. It'll be great. You'll love it. Um, anyway, here's the two pieces of mail. First one. Dear hosts of Cast and Wax, I am a long time ish listener of the show, and your next episode lands right on my birthday. I'll be 19 on the 27th. So I thought to myself, what better present than to be serenaded by the men of Cast and Wax and, of course, Scapey? Also, I know that Jordan loves his uke and Scapey loves to sing, so it's kind of good for you guys, too. In addition, I was hoping that Rory could give me an extra historical reading on Extra History Now. That would top it all off. Sorry, Frank, I couldn't think of anything for you to do. Thanks, guys. Jess Delaney. Well, why did you tell me about that? It's his Extra History Now. I, I could have done that. Well, Oh, right, but she didn't send us in a problem. She just said the problem... I mean, she doesn't have a problem. She just has a birthday. So... Well, I could have worked something out for that. Well, but the point... But it's not her birthday. That was last week. The answer, of course, is that we can't. Uh, but she actually realized that herself uh, when she found out we weren't having a show last week. And she wrote to us again. She said, uh, I just heard the terrible news... Jordan, are you trying to ruin my birthday? No, no, it's fine. I'll be fine. I just hope that on your birthday, someone takes away something you've been looking forward to. And Scapey is my favorite again. Fail. Jess Delaney. So, what I wanted to do to make it up to her is, it's not her birthday, but I thought maybe we would sing a song about that for our end of night song. Okay, I can do that. Okay, good.
I sang it, which is better, so it's not your birthday. So hopefully that did something good for you. I that was kind of escape sort of saying sort of mean words. No, it wasn't mean. It was just like it's not your birthday. So well, I know, but we were making up for her birthday, and you kind of I don't know. You were kind of mean. No, it's just not her birthday. That's all. That's not mean. Well, you don't have to only be nice to people on their birthday. Well, but you but you have to be nice to people on their birthday. Right, but I'm saying you could be nice all the time. Well. Okay. Well, anyway, I guess that's about it for the show. So thank you all for listening. And uh, hopefully we'll be seeing you soon. Oh, this week, Waxwork Theme You. I love this one. Enjoy. Be seeing you. One, two, three. You hit me with a door outside the lecture hall. Weak in the knees, I really couldn't help but fall. From the first, you caught me in your curse. I resisted, but as soon as it was too late, you had me caught in your throat. You kissed me once, and I told you that I wanted so. You kissed me twice, and I promptly fell unconscious. So I had passed out, I was really passed out. I love you, Ursula, you haunt me. Why do you want me? She's beautiful was the last thing I thought before You smashed me in the face with that swinging glass door As it cracks, I can't help but relax I can feel my heart waxing so poetic as I'm tumbling to the floor I came around, gently woken from my sleeping Oh, you come around to my side and you were weeping Though I had passed out, I was really passed out I love you, Ursula, you haunt me, why do you want me? Your raven hair is stuck behind your ears and curls out right on cue It isn't fair that these black spots appear to clutter up my view I feel your hands upon my neck Sing as you check my pulse and put pressure on my wounds My heart is pounding just having you by my side Oh, funny how love is born when two strangers collide But alas, now I'm missing my class As you're pulling the glass out of my chest I feel a tingling deep inside What can I do? Faced with such a tough decision Oh, there's two of you or is that just double vision? Though I had passed out, I was really passed out I love you, Ursula, you haunt me Why do you want me? I said, though I was passed out I was really passed out I love you, Ursula, you haunt me Why do you want me? I said, though I'm not passed on I will not be passed on I love you, Ursula, I want you Don't make me haunt you On the next episode of Cast and Wax on Decker and Hayes, the ladies run into some legal trouble. You can't do this. We know our rights. Don't you get it, bitch? You ain't got no rights. Take him downtown, boys. Separately. I don't want no lover's trysts going on in my squad cars. And on Debatatorium, we learn the shocking truth about piracy. <laughs> There's no such thing as girl pirates. Oh, so piracy is automatic homosexuality. Yeah. Wow. That's partially what's terrifying, because, I mean, what's scarier than a ship full of man love? Wow. 
And on this day in history, we learn about the most potent crime fighter of them all. Your gun is useless against my guilt trip! All this plus, apparently and incredibly unfairly, another scapy story. Well, you've got to bait it all. I know, I know how it works, I'm just saying. And it's all coming your way August 10th. And only on the website, waxwork.com. But it's still unfair. It isn't. 